Hey everyone, and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor. We're going to talk about Better Call Saul, Season 3, Episode 9. It is called Fall. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. Um, so, this was... This feels like a big turning point. Uh, yeah. Particularly the end of the episode. and Not even just the end, actually. Look, Saul's entire thing in this episode is very hard to see him as likeable, given what yeah, he does. It's, it's like, okay, I get it. This is what season four and beyond is now. Like, where we're, this, this back half of this season has kind of been pushing us into what can we expect going yeah. forward. And now I see it. Um, Saul, obviously we had the whole uh, sandpaper case that he helped, you know, this was the last season with the elder, this is how he got into the elder law. But he gets like a share of the payout once it eventually comes through. And he was quite happy to wait until it, it went through naturally and everything eventually went to court and all the rest of it. Uh, but Irene, who's sort of the head of the, the lawsuit, can't accept the payout. But now that he's hard up for money, he wants it. So he goes over with some cookies that he pretends he baked himself. He puts them on a That's plate. It. Immediately, it's okay, he's back to cheating. He's Yeah, he's lying. He's lying, he's cheating, he's stealing to finish the Eddie Guerrero song. Um, mm. But he, he, he goes in and he, he does all the stance and he clearly wants her to do this. And he's... he's and I think... Apart from the fact that obviously it's telling that he intentionally sabotages her friendship with her other you know, with her friends with all of her other elderly sort of peers, yeah. uh, where they all start to shun her because they think she's looking down on them. Like, oh, I've got money. You don't need money, so I won't accept it. It's kind of what he puts in their heads, uh, which is complete bullshit. He even rigs the bingo game to then yeah, add he's... add the extra layer on that she, she'll see. Oh, she's so lucky. She's winning more stuff. When... He's crazy manipulative in this one. Yeah, to, to the point of it's, it's just downright uh, devious. Vicious. vicious, yeah, vicious is a good yeah. word for it. Because it... like, it's actually done with intent and malice for yeah. personal gain. It's not just something that he's done for a case like normal. It's mean-spirited. Because it, I think a lot of the times in this show when he has been, he's been ducking and diving, he's been cheating a little bit, it's mostly be, been for a relatively noble cause. That's what I say. It's generally been he's working on a case, so it's for someone else's benefit. Yeah. I mean, obviously he wants the payday at the, from the case, but he still wants to win for that person. Yeah. Or, it's, or it's for Kim, who we know he cares about, so it feels like more of a genuine love thing or something like that. Whereas this is just outright, he doesn't want to admit that he's failing and he needs help. He's going yeah. to do this to get the money to save face. Um, and it, it, it's awful to watch, and it's, it's funny because obviously we get a lot of screen time with Irene and the other characters, and all of it was really critical. Like, see when he goes into the mall and they're all mall walking, which is a is a is a pastime I'd forgot existed until this scene. Like I've heard of it before, but it's not something you think about uh, mall walking. But he goes in with he's got his stupid headband on, and he's showing off his his Reeboks, and he's like, "Oh, these are it's like walking on clouds." Mm. Uh, uh, I love the idea that he went out and. Bought some, bought, bought those just for this. It's like you're spending money here, Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> I, I love the idea that he was he was so convinced of this plan working. He went and bought not not one pair for him, and he's like, all right, I need a pair for her. But so he bought a pair in every size, hmm. just to be safe. He's like, I don't know what pair, she, what, what size shoes she, to, she to wears. To be fair, so. he can he can take the rest back, so I won't he fault can, that part of the plan too given, much. Given given the fact that we know he hasn't got that much to begin with, I true, mean, true. he got yeah. the payout for his his commercials, but. That's it. That's that's all the money he has at the minute. Yeah, uh, but like, like I say, it's it's downright devious. The, the way he's manipulating it, it's legitimately uncomfortable when he's talking to Irene and he's like, so you see, then yeah. when she breaks down at the bingo game and he goes to talk to her and he's got that ridiculous white suit on and he's playing up the character mm. uh, so much. You just you feel him. 
it feels so slimy. So when he comes in at the end of the office with the with the booze and he's like, oh, let's celebrate, I'm getting my pay out, uh, it feels just, you kind of feel a little bit disgusted with him. You do. You do. You're like, this is the first time you, you've won, but it feels hollow for us to watch. Yeah, and then especially, obviously we'll get to Kim's side and we'll go back to her start, but just her in this scene, she's got work to do, it's serious stuff, she, she's stressed, she's doing all this stuff, and she's like, no, that's all, I've got stuff to do, I need to go, and he, he, he's like, no, ignore it, five minutes, you Well, that's it, late. he's like, ah, oh, we've got the money now, it's no need, but for her, it's not just about, well, obviously that's a big part of it, but yeah. it's her Pro- professional reputation yeah. as well. Pro- professional pride, professional reputation. Uh, yeah, pride and reputation, like everything. It's just it's about doing the right thing. It's about committing to something and seeing it through properly and doing a proper job. Where as far as he's concerned, once if you inch over the finish line, he yes, you obligations yeah. be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he's fulfilled the contract to it. It almost makes him more of a lawyer actually. That he just does it no more. He just gets mm. exactly what he needs to do, and that's he, it. He is oh. kind of the epitome of slimy lawyers. You know that the stereotype is. Yeah, and we know he can be better though, which I think is what makes us even more heartbreaking is to see him doing all this shit it just makes it worse it's the first time we've really seen him be this self i mean we've seen him do selfish things but never at the the expense of someone so innocent oh yeah someone innocent is a victim in this yes i think that's the difference he's he's done selfish things you know he's he's played against hamlin or whatever like we've seen that a lot in the first season but that felt like oh there's a rivalry there it's fine yeah, it, it felt like he was getting a lot of shit in return. Even if technically they were in the right in terms of the system, it felt like they were abusing it. So him fighting back, it kind of felt like, oh, he's he's the working man fighting the yeah, regime. Yeah, yeah, he was the thing. underdog that you were yeah. rooting for. Whereas here, what, no, he's just like. he's just hurting someone innocent for his own gain. Yeah, uh, and I, th- I think especially you feel bad and what's kind of spurs because he, he doesn't quite go full throttle with that plan. Uh, I mean, he tries it, obviously. He goes to Irene, but he goes to see Hamlin. And he tries to convince him, because obviously they're involved with the case, he tries to convince him, look, you're hurting them, and he sees right through it. And the funny thing is, is in season one, Hamlin was a dick, and then we, then we found out it was actually Chuck that was behind, like, keeping him from the... And then yeah. Hamlin felt a bit more human, and he's been a lot more likeable ever since. But I like that this scene here, he's a straight-up dick to Saul, but I'm on his side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, no, no, Saul deserves it in this one. It does. I mean, don't get me wrong, arguably he goes a little bit far when he pulls out, do you want a handout? And he just... Yeah. Pulls it a lot of and cash. It, it's interesting because obviously we see more of his plot. We'll get to that, yeah. but we we understand his mindset. We understand that yeah, he, he's he's pretty pretty stressed right now as it is. This is just one more piece of shit that he doesn't have the time to deal with. Yeah, I mean that's is basically what the scene is. It, it's Hamlin saying, "I don't have time for your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Go away." Um, but he sees right through him, and he's right. Like everything he says is accurate. He's doing this for himself. It's sleazy. It's everything. He sees it. It's um, it's kind of crazy that if you'd said in season one that you know we'd be at a point where we're siding with Hamlin over over Jimmy. Yeah, and I seen like that's where he's being this confrontational and sort of abrasive about what he's saying about him. Uh, but we got to a point there where they've set everything up so well that I'm on his side. He's yeah. right, and it makes Absolutely. sense. Uh, so, uh, so that that was Saul's side of things. Um, I, I will say I didn't really like because you see him putting the, uh, the I can't remember what exactly it was, but the the stuff that made the the, the bingo balls magnetic. He's he's like injecting yeah. uh, uh, some what was it mercury? It wasn't mercury. It was like a it was it was uh, it was some, primer some, something magnetic. It was, it was soldering primer or something like that. Uh, ah, I'm missing yeah. the label. Uh, but it's magnetic, the point, anyway. So, and, but I didn't realise, at first I thought, wait, 
Are those pool balls? I thought it was going to like like <laughs> rig a pool game and like bet someone or something like that. But it, then obviously it cuts to the 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 the, the, the bingo hall, the, the machine. You know, the balls yeah. are all rumbling. And I'm like, ah, oh, I know what he's doing. And I, it, the first thing is, is, not only did I just get that he rigged the bingo game, I knew exactly why he was doing it as well. As soon as yeah. I got that he rigged the bingo, I was like. He's going to make her win to make her look worse in front of everyone else. Like I, I got it immediately. It's so obvious, but it, not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just, it's, you, it's, you it's know how his mind works because we know what's going on. Yeah, you know how his mind works, and yeah. uh, obviously we'd seen that montage of Irene being like dissed by all her friends. It's really sad. It was. There. <laughs> oh, um, so. Let's jump ship. Yeah, let's go to Hamlin's information. Hamlin and Chuck kind of were, were another big plot of this episode. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was only a couple of scenes, really, but the we had Hamlin and Chuck with uh, basically people from this insurance company that do, do the malpractice insurance. Obviously, we hinted at that coming up in the last episode, and they were basically saying, oh, "Yeah, all all your premiums are going to go up across the board, not just for Chuck, but the entire firm because yeah, yeah. he's he, involved. Because he's because he's a yeah. senior partner. Yeah, he he it's reflects on, on all of them. So because of that, this is, goes up for everyone." And they argue, they argue a case, and then they say, "Oh, but there's another option. Uh, you, <laughs> Chuck, could be supervised uh, on all of his cases." Which obviously Hamlin brings up a valid point, and that's like wasting two attorneys when you're only charging the same amount because they can't charge the client for double. Yeah, it's not their fault. Uh, so he disputes that, and this is where we see that, despite the fact that Chuck has it technically, we've seen a better side of him since he's like sort of practically, you know, kind of like systematically tried to cure himself. He's like seen that mm. it can be done and we've complimented him a lot for all that. Uh, but certainly we see here throughout this episode that he is, part of that asshole is still him. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't all just this illness. Yeah. It was, no, no, he's a bit of a dick. And if anything, it's worse now because here... We we can't excuse because before you could almost excuse a lot of it because okay it is partly the illness it's part of this this yeah mentally and arguably maybe that's still part of like his decision making his his aggressiveness uh, to being challenged for, maybe that like maybe he never used to be like this to this extent and it is something that's happened since his wife left him but uh basically he, he threatens to sue the insurance company he's like oh we'll find all these things you're breaking all these legalities you're infringing upon and all the rest of it. Uh, and they, they leave uh, in a huff, basically. <laughs> and Hamlin, and I'm like, I don't think Hamlin's too happy he just did that. I think... No, no, that, that, he's, he's, he's pissed. This is another example of Chuck just, like, he can't accept losing ground in any way. It's not even just losing the battle. He just can't accept conceding on anything. So he's he's made this threat. He He's, again, this very unprofessional... And the thing is, to Chuck, it feels professional. He feels like, oh, I'm doing this by the book and they can't say a goddamn thing. But he's using it in an aggressive way where he's he's doing this for himself. He doesn't want to admit that there's anything wrong with him. Even though he kind of had done, which is the weird thing, but he's he's holding on to this idea that he can still be a lawyer, he can still come back to this any day yeah. now. Um and, and he, he keeps this. trying to prove that. Like even in this meeting, all the lights are on. Like it's yeah. it's a normal room setup. There's nothing changed yeah. to uh, accommodate for him like we had before. But of course, uh, Hamlin gets up and he he flips the switch off after the leave. He, he he puts it back into like it's almost like he's keeping up appearances for people. Uh, yeah, and that's exactly what it is, especially when it was the insurance company, yeah. in, including uh, Hamlin himself, because uh, Chuck Chuck goes up and turns it back on when he's trying to prove his point in a minute. But yeah, uh, basically Hamlin sort of broaches the idea. He gets a drink out and he's like, "Hey, I've got a friend who uh, does lectures over at the university. You know, remember remember him? He used to work here and." Uh, he's talking about, oh, you know, it's, maybe you could do that. He said you could come over and like, give some lectures, and if if you liked it, it could be a, a regular thing. And 
Uh, Chuck is immediately like, why are you suggesting this? How dare you? <laughs> he's ve- Immediately, he is upset by the, the notion that he's trying to politely ask him out. Uh, and then Hammond's like, it's not a suggestion. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, and it's not just this, it's, it's everything. Everything that you've done yeah. in the last couple of years, everything about it, the way you've acted, the way you've targeted people aggressively and went after things that we would not have otherwise pursued your judgment is impaired is basically the point and your reputation your image brings everyone down as we've just seen that's what the scene was before this it was an well, example of that yeah we, we always get the idea that he reflects on the on the company in general it's his name on, on it ultimately yeah. so of course he reflects but here is a a straight financial implication not just oh we, we might get paid less we might lose you know clients like which is down the line potential down to their reputation but here is no you are physically costing us more right now yeah it's, it's not even like he wants it to be like a a bad goodbye so no your name will stay in the company presumably being a partner in that capacity he would still be making money from it i imagine like he would still yeah you know maybe, it, maybe not as much as a practicing lawyer maybe more i don't know like, i don't know how that, uh, maybe how that works, I, but... I i just assumed because he mentioned uh legacy so i thought maybe the idea was that he wouldn't mm-hmm. get paid he'd get like a you know retirement you know his pension and all that but mm-hmm. i figured which is probably pretty hefty to be fair uh, for, yeah, for a law firm yeah, like that, yeah exactly yeah. it's probably pretty hefty so i imagine he get his pension but i think it's more your name stays up there your legacy is intact your name carries on which which to be fair with chuck you feel like that as a part of him because that's why he didn't want saul being a lawyer exactly he didn't which want is, that and, so. and and hamlin knows this that's why he's appealing to that yeah um and it's a, honestly it's a fair enough suggestion look there's other things you could do and you could do this more part-time you because you wouldn't need the money as much kind of thing like you do yeah. this you'd earn some and so on uh but he's just immediately offended and he that's kind of the end of the scene and later on hamlin receives a letter it's just after the soul scene i think he receives this letter and he assumes it's a retirement notice kind of thing it's as soon as he's like oh go and you know ring around plan the pie i'm like yeah this isn't not. that and he, he looks pissed and we immediately cut to him at chuck's house he's oh, like, no 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 the best bit is when he, he opens it he reads it and he just goes god damn it chuck <laughs> that, that sums up like my feelings entirely like you just when you think chuck is like oh, okay he's getting better it was the illness and then he does this it's like god damn it chuck and it's not even yeah i, I even think because up until now at least i mean i, I understand them all, all three episodes I, I, everything feels in line with his character nothing feels out of yeah. nowhere like, everything is totally backed up with everything we've seen from chuck from the last three seasons but up until this point in the episode it was like i didn't necessarily begrudge him yet Everything was felt kind of like, okay, he's reacted, but maybe once he calms down, maybe once he thinks... Because, like, again, with the illness, once he realised it was a thing, he thought about it rationally and he came to a sensible conclusions. Yeah. We've talked about how much a yeah. proud man he is, and, he, he, you know, he'll have to take time to get this through his head. Exactly. So, but it's, it was when Hamlet went over... I mean, obviously, when he gets to know it, we don't, we don't quite know exactly what it is yet until he opens the door. He's like, you're suing us? it's <laughs> um, like well yeah breach of contract and I'm like oh this feels sli-. this almost feels as slimy as Saul in this episode Yeah. when he yeah. says it's breach of contract and he's like oh I'm going to go through all these loopholes he's doing the exact same thing Saul does he just does it within the system he just does it with the actual you yeah. know with the actual laws he just does it that, that way but it feels just as slimy it feels and this is, this is actually this genius thing in this scene I almost just realised how similar they are yeah they're both just manipulating people and not even just that, just, just the idea of the pride. Yeah. Na- neither one of them can let the pride go. Neither one yeah. of them can just accept it. Saul has to viciously cheat innocent people and 
Chuck here has to like, oh, you're going to take my pride away? Well, screw you, I am going to tangle you up. And then he's like, yeah, this will amount to $8 million, which, given that I'm a partner, I know you can't afford. So what do you want to do, Hamlin? It's pretty great. And, and I, love, I love during this, he's cooking, you know, he's got the lights on. The electric, uh, the electric mixer. Hall, yeah, yeah. And, and the whisk, when he grabs yeah. that. That that's not where he's just you know he's just putting on a show. All oh, the yeah. rest of it, I buy that he's just trying to get back yeah. into this. The first thing is, is obviously after Hamlin leaves, he, he puts the mixer down and he's, he's like, oh, he's like you know doing his hand and he's, he starts saying mm. the, uh, the the repetition to try and focus and all that. But I don't even need that. The thing is, is see when he pulled out the mixer, uh, the wisp, I immediately went. He's throwing that in his face right now. Yeah, that, that, that's, that is nothing this is, but a tactical look how show. capable I am. Is yeah. what he's saying there. Like, because like I say when, when it was just the lights and the cooker, we've seen that he's trying to yeah. normalize himself. And so you, I figured that bit was just and what the he thing was going to do anyway. You would imagine that if you, if you were had this condition and you were trying to get better, lights would be the first thing you would get used to. You'd accept yeah, because they're everywhere. Yeah, uh, but no, you you would still. You, Cooking appliances that you don't really need to use would be the last thing in the list, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're the luxuries that you don't need. Yes, a, re- a regular, you know, manual wisp would have, would still suffice in this situation if you needed to use one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why we all use electric ones, if we can, because it's easier, but, like, he could, yeah, and it would work. He yeah. uh, so he, he is making a point uh, with that, and I think that's, I, I really like that touch. Uh, before we get to Kim, because obviously Kim kind of ends the ends the episode, so we'll leave Sefer for last. Yeah, we'll uh, Mike, I guess. Uh, making natural the two sort of little yeah. plot lines we still have left. Uh, Mayla had one scene, but it was kind of falling on from last episode where he'd set up, all right, we have to, he used to sort out his finances and get his money clean. Uh, and he goes to Lydia, Lydia's company. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those that obviously we knew the whole time she was connected with Gus. We knew she knew Mike. Uh, and we, and obviously know. we'd seen her a few weeks ago uh, with, with Gus. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't really expecting her to see her that much in this capacity. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it, it makes sense because, it, again, it establishes their relationship. And what I liked about this scene is, is more, for the most part, it was my questioning, like, you're going to put my name actually in your books. Or are people going to come looking at your books when if they realise you're doing dodgy things? And she sort of points out, oh, look, this is a multi-billion dollar company. We we have 150,000 employees. We have all the, And she describes all these things. You're only funneling through like what was it twenty grand or something like that, or ten grand yeah. a week? Uh, I think it was. That to us is like a marginal error that no one's even going to blink at. Like that—that's that, how much money goes through here. Like that is nothing. Uh, and what I liked about this is, I, I think I don't think she's saying that to belittle him. I don't, and I don't even think it comes across that way. I mean, I, you, you could probably read it that way if you really <laughs> wanted to. But the way I read it, uh, it kind of it clicked in to me with where Mike was like he was sitting in this big waiting room then he came in it's this big white sterile office and I like the idea that Mike for the first time in this show feels out of his element because this is the, the this is the, the white collar financial side of crime he's very good with his hands he's very good at being practical he's very good at like figuring puzzles out and like setting up traps and things like I, that I mean even to the point where she she puts him down as logistics consultant he yeah. goes nah security like you know like, like he's He's so out of his depth that he just wants to, at least the title, that them mm. is completely irrelevant just to be something that's familiar to him. Yeah, exactly. That was basically the whole scene to me. It was, it was him going into this higher-up version of this work. Because obviously, 
we've seen him be indoctrinated into because always he's a, he's a cop. That's why he's got all these skills that he has, and he's a very smart guy. Obviously, not that every cop has the same set of skills he does. He's a very capable. Yeah, he's a he's a very good. Very very capable. He's very good at what he does, uh, yeah. and what he does isn't very nice. Sorry, uh, <laughs> but like. He's very good at what he does, and everything, it's all been very practical, it's very, like, down in the dark, he, like we say, he, he's very good with uh, figuring people out, figuring out their, their manoeuvres, their tactics, very strategic. But that this side of it, this, this uh, part of the criminal underworld that takes it into this new realm of, like, funneling money, and, like I say, white collar's the best way to sort of, sort of yeah. call it just umbrella, uh, that, this is out of his wheelhouse. He, he feels lost here. I do like that he knew his limits, though. Like, he mm-hmm. went to Gus and went, look, I don't know what to do with this. You you can help. That's true, yeah. And even when he's here, he's questioning, but he's not dismissing what he's told. He oh, doesn't yeah. necessarily understand it all, and he's sceptical, but he, he accepts that maybe maybe she knows better than he does. Yeah, he's trying to, he's trying to make him feel, feel, feel comfortable, and then eventually he does recede, and he gives her the, the driving license and stuff, and it's like he sighs and does it, and you can tell that he's not particularly comfortable with it, but he understands that he has to, and I think that's another big thing here. Is he? He's, he doesn't like that he has to put his trust in someone. Like yeah. up, up until now, he is such a lone wolf. He he does everything himself. He, and yeah. even, even when he was building the playground, no, I'll do this no, myself. Right. And, and it's it's definitely hard for him to trust someone he doesn't know. Like he's never yeah. met before, and all he's got to go on is is Gus's word. Now, obviously, I think he does have respect for Gus at this point already. And there's the there's a reason he's he's here and he's on his word. He he has some element of trust in that he's like, okay, maybe maybe you've got no reason to to lie to me and, and screw me over. But um yeah, uh, so that was Mike's scene. Uh, Nacho, uh, yeah, a couple of scenes with him. Obviously, one was with Gus with Salamanca. There was uh, a meet. Uh, they got a phone call, not from the boss man himself, but for, uh, from a surrogate. Yeah. Uh, basically saying, oh yeah, Gussie's method's much better, we're going to stick with his, his thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Every, everything goes through Gus now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Hector, not so not so pleased with that news, uh, smashes up the phone, has a bit of a little moment where he gets his medication out, obviously Nacho's paying close attention, mm. and uh, he seems fine, and obviously Nacho's worried about this, which prompts him to at least, not necessarily that the plan's failed, but at least it might not have worked in time. Yeah, I I am inclined to think maybe some of it is just even a placebo effect. Because mm. obviously he's in a, a stressful situation. He knows he's angry. So maybe in his brain he's gone, oh, okay, this is where my illness will kick in. Yeah, he's very high strong just on his own. And, and yeah, I, I could buy that. that it's, really this time it's just a placebo effect and then it'll yeah. kick in maybe at, more... at some point it will. But, every so, but to a degree I think placebo would affect him. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. But it prompts Natural to actually go to his father, and it's middle of the night, and he goes in, and he basically just fesses up. Look, man's going to come in. Uh, he's going to want to take control of your business for a little while. Uh, you have to let it happen, because yeah. uh, he knows what'll happen if he refuses. Hector will just kill him, because we know we know what Hector's like. He's he's quite happy to uh, off people, as we've seen. And what what I think is interesting here is that. Uh, Natural says, uh, "Oh, I've been working with people again." The idea that he used to do this and then he maybe didn't for a while. He he made the at least the 
But by the sounds of it, he stopped because his dad asked him to, maybe? Yeah, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd guess that. Um, or, maybe, or maybe even he, he did actually get in trouble. Maybe he did get arrested for some small thing at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he he promised his father afterwards, I'm going to get clean, I'm not going to do any criminal activity. Uh, but he's about, And the fact is, like we say, we've seen that show has morals, he is to an extent a good person uh, mm. in, his, in his role. And here he's like, look, Dad, you can disown me, you can swear at me, you can shout at me, you can ask to never see me again. But you have to promise me that you will do what he says, yeah. and he, he, obviously he's doing this because he wants his father to be okay. He doesn't want to get hurt, uh, and his father never actually does. His father just says, tells him to get out of the house. Yeah, um, yeah. Potentially indicative of what's to come. Potentially, uh, and I, I could see this ending in absolute tragedy. <laughs> I could yeah. also see Hector ha- have his heart attack just as he's like in the shop, trying to threaten them or something. Yeah, I think it's notable again that we we talk about how Jimmy and Chuck are both these these prideful men. I think it applies to to Nacho's father as well, because he, oh, yeah, he's he's that. too proud to even to say, "Fine, I will let this man do this just so I will live." He's 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 too proud to compromise himself like that. At least it seems that way at the moment. Maybe maybe he will be the one out of the three that can overcome that and. Uh, actually listen to someone else and listen to reason hmm. it's funny just thinking about it like Breaking Bad like Walter White very much is all about about, uh, about pride as well like his whole it thing is, yeah. as it goes on uh, you realise that's what it's really about I think it's interesting that this and you know Breaking Bad and Saul are both very much about pride getting in the way of just yeah, yeah, just living <laughs> it is interesting how that they are basically the the same story in terms of a, a thematic standpoint yeah thematically absolutely um, yeah it's 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 a man who's too proud to do what what what, sh- what he should and ends up you know going down the wrong path mm. because except, of it except here in Saul it's turned up a little bit more because we have two main characters who are prideful <laughs> then if you add a natural father who, I mean, obviously he's not a main character but like it's just it, emphasising the point further yeah, isn't it it's very very running throughout the whole thing uh, yeah uh, so no it's very good so Kim uh, yeah. to have had e- I mean again it only really amounted to two or three scenes obviously we mentioned the one with Saul at the end just before she leaves uh, where he's almost being disrespectful to what she needs to do kind yeah. of thing uh, but earlier on so we see her she's out at this uh it was an oil oil rig. Oil rig, yeah. Yeah, and basically it was, it was the guy that the the Mesa Verde guy set her up with who needed some legal help. Basically, from what I understood of it, he he bought land in one state and it technically went over the border. Um, and he works on his land, but because his land technically goes over the border, the other state wanted to tax him for all the all the work that he does as well. Both yeah, states. Yeah, they want to both tax him for the entirety. Of yeah. what's in both states. Yeah, even though, as he points out, he makes a, he makes a point of not having any of his work spill onto that side of the border. Like, yeah, yeah. So he, I think he's perfectly happy to pay taxes on this state where he is. Oh yeah, he's not trying to do anything illegal. He wants right, to be exactly. On the up he's and like, up. Yeah. he's like, no, no, this is my land. I'm on this state. I will happily pay taxes on what I take on this side, but both of them want the other side. One where he's not even working at all, so they're like just trying to take all of it. They're special and scummy. One's yeah. Just, yeah, one's <laughs> just being greedy and going, "Hey, we can get a bit extra." Yeah, um, but yeah, and he makes that point. So like, it just the land he bought just happens to cross the border a little bit. Yeah, uh, or maybe, maybe it's a bigger bit. I don't know. But it felt like a little bit. Cause it felt like he was at the edge of his land. And he's like, "Oh, this lane here, this chunk, <laughs> this chunk's yeah. past the border." Uh, so both states want to 
money tax them. And, you know, Kim has gives it some thoughts. She comes up with a solution. Oh, we, we can offer them a sort of a payout, which will be much better than paying for fees for years and eventually fight them in court and all the rest of it. You could solve it now with a lot of bit of money, which will be much less than the actual taxes that you'd have to pay for. Because yeah. uh, I imagine tax on oil is probably... Probably hefty. pretty high, yeah. yeah. So... So she has this, and he leaves, and it's just, it's just a nice normal meeting, sets up while she's there, uh, kind of thing. Uh, admittedly, you can maybe argue there's some metaphors going on here with uh, both sides wanting a piece of the pie, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, That's it, isn't it? It's everyone being greedy. It's like, no, no one's happy just sticking to their territory. Yeah. They want, they want the other side, because Gus, he, he, he can't, you, even you, though he's not actively showing it, Gus wants... You're thinking the criminal, I was stuff, thinking more yeah. Saul. Well, they both. Well, I was gonna to get to that one yeah. soon, but you know, Gus wants Hector's stuff, and Hector wants Gus's stuff. I, I was thinking of Saul wanting all of Kim, but she's like yeah. she, she can give him an X amount, but she, she's doing too much. You know, I, I was yeah, thinking yeah. that 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 sort of lane. I thought, but um, but yeah. So he leaves, and then she goes in the car. She's making her notes. Car car's stuck in the in the dark, like little you know tire stuck. So she goes and gets the uh, gets a bit of wood, and she has to push it out herself. And I, I think at this point, I'm just thinking, oh, this is how hard she's trying right now. She's struggling. She's literally pushing a car. Like this is just everything yeah, yeah. on her back. But then she gets it. She pushes it out. I was actually worried that uh, honestly, I thought the way this scene was going to end is she was going to fall in the mud, and she'd have to go to a meeting covered in mud. Like I thought, and that's maybe a bit more comical. But it's also not out with the realm of what Saul made. Yeah, do. yeah, I was thinking the same. But of course, what actually happens is the the car. Obviously, it's not the brakes aren't on. It keeps it's rolling. It's going into the, the oil pump, and she has to run after it. Uh, and she's running desperate. She just gets it in time and breaks the car. And I'm like, hmm. This is this is this is this is the real metaphor of the scene here. This is the foreshadowing of she's juggling too much, and yeah, she just caught that in time. But eventually, something's she, going to fall through the she's cracks. Pu- she's pushing it right to the edge, isn't she? That's yeah, it. There it's you like, go. Push it right it, to the edge. It's 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 close when now, she stops it. There, admittedly, I didn't necessarily think it was foreshadowing something specifically with the car. I thought the car was just kind of the metaphor. I didn't think it was. Well, I did as well, yeah. especially since this show is done a lot of metaphors with cars even yeah yeah so i didn't think it was necessarily going to be a car related thing later uh but sure enough end of the episode she's she's just talk, talking to herself in the car she's like all right practicing her speech basically yeah she's practicing a speech yeah practicing her speech but she's going to convince the other lawyers to just concede and pay, accept the, the one-time payment for yeah. the land uh and so and I actually really like how this was done. I thought oh, this was fantastic. I think it works even better because they set the mechanic up a few episodes ago. With the sleep, with the little makeup yeah. nap, yeah. Uh, I love how this was done. She's practicing her speech. She she repeats her line, and then I was just like, oh, flash, so flash of white, flash of black, and then you just see an airbag. Yeah, and that's it. And it's like, oh shit, she's she's fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah, yeah. I love that we're with her again. We 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 mentioned it when it was the the sleep one where. It's like it just passes in an instant, and you you feel in her mind because it's just it's it's over. Yeah, and it's um, the same here. You same don't thing. see it happen. It's just oh, it, oh, that was a crash. That, was, that yeah, just happened. It was, it was perfect. It put us exactly in the same place as her, where it's just yeah. all of a sudden shit. And she gets out the car. She's obviously got blood in her face. Earbags out. Uh, like the, the car's open. There's papers because she had this big box of documents and the yeah. papers flying everywhere. And she we seems to be holding her arm funnily. Yeah, her arm seems to be hurt. She's the camera pulls back and it's just sort of the chaos. The, this is the carnage that's happened. Mm-hmm. Cut to credit, and I think, especially since we know she she was taking on extra jobs because Saul 
or at least she believes Saul couldn't cover his half of things. Yeah. Now, admittedly, you could argue that she might have went down this path anyway, at least in the sense of working too hard and pushing herself too far. Uh, would that have happened, though, if she wasn't out on her own because she'd believed that she could go on her own with Saul? As this? I mean, uh, to, not to, to bring up again, but you could argue that this is also a case of pride getting in the way and causing trouble. She, like, yeah, like, like okay. we mentioned, how Saul, like, she, he said, no, we've got the money, you can relax. But she was too proud of, of her reputation to, to stop, and she had to go and do this right now. Yeah, she didn't need to take this case. This, this was an extra thing. Like, the Mesa Verde, we saw she was already, like, sleeping at the office getting that yeah. done. She didn't and, need another yeah, thing. With, with the Mesa Verde, is, no, this was uh, just managing. This was just what she had to do. It was tough, but. It was a case where she couldn't let it go because this was the only thing that she had. Yeah, it was uh, in the scene with the you know with the client, uh, the oil rig. He, he's, she's like, oh, this is in two weeks. Like this deadline, you have to get this sorted in two weeks. And he's like, you can do that. It's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh god, no, she can't. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it right now, Kim. <laughs> take a break. Yeah, when you when you take on that much, it was only a matter of time before something fell apart. I just didn't expect it to be her car. Yeah, literally. It was the car literally going into yeah. a ditch. Uh, so, no. But big, big ending. It feels like things are all... Th- things are all coming to a head in a re- really sort of... Because it's funny, because I think the second half of this, after the, the trial with Chuck, which was kind of this big, exciting conclusion to a lot of stuff, it feels like after that, things had calmed down a little bit. But I feel like it's slowly built. It's become more of a slow... I don't want to say dread. To an extent, yeah, dread. It's, it's but... kind of just been reorienting the direction of the show because so much of it before that for the you know season and a half was right this is the this is it all it's all about chuck very, before that it was all about hamlin yeah forget very or- organically though i think oh absolutely i don't think any of this feels like it's been a forced extra thing no or... no no it's all been okay this is what what things were this is where we want to be next so we're gonna just nudge things in that way slowly it's taken you know four episodes this is the fourth one since that trial yeah and it's like finally where i'm going okay i see where they've been nudging it to now i get yeah. it i wonder if like th- does kim accept the stress she's under does she see it as saul's fault does she see it as him like sort of putting this burden on her does she realize it's her own pride that's got in the way that she took on too much because it didn't really feel like she needed to take this extra job Really? No, she. It felt like she was managing in terms of money. She, because she even said to 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 Saul, you know, when he offered the money, she's yeah. like, "I can cover us for a few months." Like she was, maybe not well off, but she was managing certainly. Yeah. And this felt like she couldn't turn it down. Like again, maybe it was the pride. It was I can do this. I think maybe all a small theme that's creeping in here is a lack of communication. Like if Saul and Kim just actually spoke to each other about this stuff honestly without putting on yeah. this, these fronts, they wouldn't be in this situation right now. Saul wouldn't feel... I mean, maybe he still would, because he, he is the, the extra pride for one. But like Kim, certainly, I don't think, would feel the need to go that one step further. No, you're right. Uh, certainly. Like, if, if she is open about what she's going through and all, everything she's doing... Uh, but then you could argue... Is she kind of saying that? Because it's not like she's been necessarily behind it either. Is, is Saul just so wrapped up in his own pride and world that he's not noticing? Yeah, like, he's kind of... He's very oblivious, isn't he, to anything like, that's not she, him. 
because sure, he, he's noticing, oh, you're sleeping at the office, you're only coming home to pick up clothes and stuff, but he's not really treating it like it's hard on her, he's just kind of taking it as like a... As yeah, like this a, is, it's kind of like, oh, that's just part of the job, instead of yeah. asking if she's okay. Yeah, it's, 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 it's that scene when he comes up with the booze, like, oh, take five minutes, this isn't that important. Yeah, he he accepts that she's doing a lot and she's, you know, like you say, sleeping in the office, he knows this, but he never seems concerned about her welfare. Yeah, he never... He never he, he never thinks about it like you should. Like, I think if you see anyone close to you doing this, you start to worry for their health, just from a mental point of view. Like, no, 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 no. There's a reason why you have time off. There's a reason why most people don't work for two days of the week and yeah. so on. Like, there's a reason for all these things. Stop it. Mm. Uh, it like, I mean, I can relate to an extent. I, I, th- I think... Uh, I think creative people can maybe relate to a lot of this actually because sometimes when you're doing a creative project you feel like you have to just constantly work like you feel yeah, guilty for going like an hour without doing anything on the thing you're working on kind of thing yeah it's something that it's it's a term from games development but you know the crunch the crunch yeah there you where go. that that's it isn't it where you you feel like no got no time just overdrive pack it all in can can rest afterwards yeah you can meet your deadline kind of thing but yeah. that, that's the and admittedly Kim has a deadline for this particular case but. Her job, generally speaking, shouldn't have a crunch in the same way. Sure, yeah. there's deadlines of court dates and things like that, but I mean, there's a reason why they are typically months. Like, usually, yeah, and you can set the court date yourself. You choose yeah. when that is to a, to an extent. To, yeah, to an extent. But you, there's a reason why you know it'll be like a year before we actually have the day in court kind of thing. There's a reason yeah. why these things take that time. It's because it's to give every, all parts of the process the time they need to. Uh, and it's not. It's, but again, creatives, game makers, filmmakers. They finish a project, they can take three months off if they want to after that. I mean, maybe, maybe, not, do? <laughs> maybe not from a financial point of view. And yeah, like we say, typically even those types of people have drive. Like they have drive where they want to start making stuff. But they can take some time after, even if it's just a couple of weeks. This, this is like a, an all year round job for Kim. The odd vacation aside, this is an all-year-round job. She has to pay. Well, herself. that's it. She she can't even really take vacations at the moment because yeah, there's no. no one to cover it. She, for her to take a vacation, she has to get ahead or catch up after. There's no one else to cover for her. So I think that really shows just how much she's having to do. Yeah, but how much of it is, to an extent, self-inflicted? I mean, yeah. I mean, I I, I think anything past Mesa Verde. I mean, you could argue that, but that was more her striking out on her own and saying, "No, I'm, I'm going to do this." Yeah, which it's I mean, arguably to a degree, but it's self-inflicted. But you understand the decision. You understand why she wanted there's to. There's a positive reason for yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that she was being naive. She didn't think it through, maybe as much as she should have, kind of thing. But you understand that whereas taking on that extra case was just flat out, this is a mistake. You yeah, no. you're doing too much now. Yeah. Uh, so no, big big things. Finale is next week. I can't believe we're at the end of season three already, but it's, it's just about time. Uh, so let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff helps us out a lot. Guys on Twitter at mail underscore first for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen. If you want to support the channel, if you like the conversations, go over to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV. Uh, see what you can get bonus wise for supporting the channel. Uh, but that's us, guys. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching TV. We'll see you next time. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>